So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Unnecessary Intro Podcast. <laughs> and I do really hope that you just enjoyed the fucking new intro. I really hope. Because I think it's great again. <laughs> to point it out once again, I think it's it's pretty great. I think I've, I've done it pretty good and everything is working and it is something new and it is something special. And it's, you know, some kind of thing that you can be like, yeah, if you do have a lot more podcasts you're listening to, you totally can then say, yeah, this is the SDWT podcast that's coming up now. Um, but as you might see, this is the, the old setup right now. Why? Uh, because I've seen that the new setup was pretty shit. It was totally shit. And uh, the funny thing about it is uh, I have actually been talking about it in the episode itself so that it is actually or might actually not be better and therefore, therefore I might just be wasting the audio, uh, which I was doing at the end, <laughs> which is something so unnecessary and it was, I you know, I kind of smile at the end because I thought like, you know what, you know, I told myself and I shouldn't have done, but um, you can all only learn and this is the good thing about it, you can only learn by doing it. I do have a problem. Nevertheless, uh, or anyways, because um, I can't go to the definitive definitive book of body language anymore. So uh, the website is still shutting me down or restricting me from uh, viewing the content, as you can see now, um, which is a little bit of pity because I do just want to finish this book um, because I have seen that it is not that much left, I think. And the second problem I have is that I'm here on the paulminus.com website with the one thing that I've been talking about the last episode and the episode before actually, um, I have actually nearly finished this book. And therefore I'm asking myself, what should I do afterwards? And I don't know. And <laughs> this is the problem. Um, so therefore I will just go through this summary again or just, you know, uh, finish it. And then afterwards I will just try to find a new book. Uh, I would say even on the poll-minus.com website as well because... Um, yeah, because everything is working there, there are not many spelling mistakes and there should be some great books as well uh, left for me to, to go through. But uh, yeah, this is it. This is what we're going to do. And always remind yourself to sit straight. And this is actually something that I've learned today. Um, it seems to be that the Harvard University really just um, proved that it makes some kind of difference uh, the way you speak, the way you act, the way you sit, the way you move. And therefore this quite underlines the uh, theory or the saying of Tony Robbins that motion creates emotion. Uh, and I was always like a little bit, yeah, okay, it could be true, but it could not be true. I was always like a little bit in between. So I didn't really know if I should quite, you know, trust in it or not. Um, but because Harvard just really proved it right now, why shouldn't I believe in it? So it is pretty great that they did it. Um, and so therefore they pointed out that certain power positions, and I do Google it, power positions. Um, <clears throat> and I've seen an image like this one, like zoom a little bit in. Um, 
And there you can see on the upper half, and this contributes a little bit now the YouTube viewers and not the podcast listeners. So if you're on a podcast and you're really interested in what I'm showing, I will describe it nevertheless or anyways. Um, but if you just want to see it yourself, then I would invite you to just go to the link in the podcast description actually and click on it and then just choose the YouTube link. And yeah, but there you can actually see two rows actually. Uh, the first row and the second row. The first row is the so-called high power body language, uh, which is the top row actually, yeah. And the bottom row there is um, yeah the low power body language. And the low power body language to you know start with it because it's a little bit easier to describe. You can just see people who are a little bit defensive, not not even a little bit, but extremely defensive. They're just, you know, like this, they have a hanging head and, you know, their shoulders are, you know, really rounded. They just lunge there and like a potato, <laughs> like a sack of potatoes, uh, not a sack, but uh, uh, what is called a bag of potatoes, like this. Um, and they, you can definitely see that they have not a lot of energy and they're not that passionate about what they're doing and they do not actually like what they're doing right now. Um, and on the upper row, you just see people who are so extremely energized and you definitely see it by how they are actually sitting and how they're actually moving or seem to be then moving. So in the first, there is a guy who is just, yeah, is it definitely a superiority uh, position he is taking in here. Uh, he's just a little bit, you know, hanging in his chair, but quite upright and he, he has his right arm on another chair like a little bit laying around like you know such a cool guy or something and um, the second person has the cuttable position which is actually uh, when you take your both your hands and put it on the um, back of your head this is actually if you might know and if you have been going through with me uh, through the definite book book of body language this seems to be definitely a negative um, a negative position you can have but it's you know really powerful though uh, really powerful um, you know you can just see that he feels great it seems a little bit arrogant and he feels very superior you can definitely feel that and see that and then the third picture from the left is a woman and she's standing with both her hands uh, put onto her hips you know like really broad really just uh, confident and you can Actually, yeah, just see it again that she is confident and she has power and she has you know, the energy. Um, then we have a woman with basically the catapult position as well, but a little bit womanized or feminized, I would say, because, um, yeah, it's not or it seems not to be. I can't see it actually because uh, the, the feet are uh, not in the frame. So I, but I think her feet actually are on the table which is definitely a superior position and um, yeah you can just again feel that she is very confident with sitting here and and so on and so on uh, and the last picture is a woman and she is like uh, how should I describe it <laughs> how should I do this um, she's like standing in front of a of a table and she has both his hands both her hands sorry put on the table and she's like pushing it a little bit forward um, like you often see with presidents or just people who are on a podium uh, and speaking with a podium that they actually grab it and they lean a little bit forward. This is some kind of the exact same situation there but you can definitely see in the top row that these people do have the energy and the confidence once more. Um, so yeah, so Harvard seems to 
and this is actually from the Harvard University, so pictures from the Harvard University. Uh, I think it's actually great that they just um, prove that this is true. And therefore I can just, you know, be kind of, yeah, feel good when I just rely on this and talk about this and suggest it to people because, yeah, I do not really want to suggest something that I'm not quite sure about or I do not have any kind of opinion about. Um, this was actually the same thing with today's uh, Instagram posts I've just made um, because there I have been writing about something I wasn't quite sure about um, and I'm still still a little bit pondering if I should actually uh, use it as a post or not. I feel like not doing it because yeah I do not want to give false advice and you know suggest something I'm not quite uh, knowledgeable about or I do not quite know. Um, on the other hand though I just realized that I've often in the last few weeks actually I think I haven't been giving a lot of great advice. It was also like, or always quite like um, some quotes, you know, like motivational stuff and so on, which um, is something that could motivate you, actually, yeah. And it also could bring you any value, but um, I actually do want to give more uh, value in terms of accurate tips and actual tips. And therefore, I just, you know, the next post for tomorrow will definitely be a little bit more into my knowledge uh, this time, because I've just uh, had it in my mind, this will definitely be more about body language or quite only about body language and all these things that I've learned, um, you know, during the last few episodes we have been discussing this body language book, um, because I really think they could contribute a lot of people. Um, but it's always a little bit uh, strange to, not strange, but complicated to just give it to people and be sure that they will uh, not understand it but they will just uh, use it and trust in you because everybody could say like uh, yeah you should speak in a 55 degree angle to someone because it's the best position you know everybody could say this even though a lot of people won't <laughs> because nobody uh, could come to the conclusion or would come to the conclusion uh, but yeah but we go on with uh, the summary um, so Kella's parting words, uh, a life worth living might be measured in many ways, but the one way that stands above all others is living a life of no regrets. Kella explains that by having a purpose that you prioritize and are able to be productive, you are able to be productive, you are well on the road to achieving the extraordinary results you dream of. Um, yeah, totally a purpose. And I think especially a purpose that's a little bit above you. It's not like, yeah, you want to be rich or you want to be successful. Um, actually, Viktor Frankl, which is, um, you might know his book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, it is quite a tough book. And it's quite uh, also difficult to understand because the language there is used is, is quite old or seems for me to be quite old. Um, but it's actually a pretty, pretty fucking tough story. You know, it, uh, he just, you know, talks about actually being in, in Auschwitz, which is a concentration camp back then in, uh, before 1945. And he was in Auschwitz and in several other camps. And, you know, he had just the fear all the time of dying. And these lives they had to live were so miserable. And they just, you know, were punished all the time and insulted on all the time. And they did not have anything to eat. And some people just died because of hunger and because they had nothing to eat. And it's just an incredible story in terms of, uh, yeah, you can just 
I really learned something from it, first of all, because it's also a, a kind of psychology book, because he's actually a, a psychologist. Do you say it like this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he's actually um, has been studying psychology and he's a pretty famous uh, psychologist right now because of his experience in these concentration camps because there he just analyzed a lot of people and also himself which led him to, to pretty great insights in uh, or on human psychology. But it's a really interesting book. But what I initially wanted to say is that he said that Uh, the more you thrive for success, the the less you will get it, or the, the the lower the chances are that you actually get it. And this is actually something I kind of believe in as well, because, you know, it's the same thing with, um, I might have been talking about it once before, but it's the same thing as growing your hair. Uh, you might know that I've cut my hair in the summertime, just really, really short, and Yeah, afterwards there were just some periods where my hair looked so gross and so just just really ugly. And I felt a little bit like, yeah, I do want to only wear a hat because, yeah, a little bit insecure. Uh, what you should actually never be because, you know, who gives a fuck about what other fucking people just talk about you or think about you. Um, anyways, it's it's the same thing with this. If If you just focus on, yeah, your hair should grow and you just, you know, look at your hair every single day and see if they have grown and measure it and whatever, they will grow not as fast as if you would just live and, you know, your hair are your hair and that's it. You know what I mean? Um, you just do not keep attention to it. And I just realized that I've forgotten something pretty fucking important. And I do have to write it down. Um, I probably won't see this. Uh, I do hope that I'm not forgetting it. Um, but yeah, so I think it's the same thing or it could be the same thing with success. I don't know. If we just focus on success so extremely, then it might come to the uh, to the point yeah, that now I think I get it. If we just focus on success itself, I think it's not like uh, Tony Robbins always says that uh, what you focus on is what you get, which is often the truth, but for success, I think it's something different. But also it's something different if you just focus on uh, helping people, helping a lot of people or giving value to people without actually keeping any attention or giving any attention to being successful. Then I think you will actually get successful because you're keeping attention to really helping people and uh, really like a goal that's above yourself to really come back to the initial point I wanted to, to talk about. So, um, yeah, even though it's a little bit complicated because Tony says, and I think it's actually true, that where you focus on grows and if you focus on on your success, it should grow. But um, maybe it's something different there, definitely. And for me, it would make sense a little bit. But let's come to the actual conclusion, which is, you know, practically the end of this this whole summary. Um, key takeaways. You need to determine what your one thing is, uh, what's the one thing you want to really focus on and work towards achieving. This one thing becomes your purpose, now you need to prioritize this. Action this, action this by implementing time blocking in your calendar, schedule the time required to work with one thing and commit it to it. 
Remember that the majority of what you achieve may only come from the minority of what you do. It's not necessarily an equal distribution. And this is correlated to the 80-20 rule, which is uh, 20% of the time or effort result in 80% of the results. And the other way around is that uh, if you just put in 80% of the time, this would then be uh, the other 20% of the, the result you get. So at the end, it's, it's quite about perfectionism and that perfectionism is only something that's wasting your time, practically, or theoretically, actually. <clears throat> um, multitasking is not the answer. You might get more things done by a lower quality focus on your one thing. Uh, life balance isn't always going to be achievable. If you want truly extraordinary results, you have to give everything to your one thing. Learn how to say no to unnecessary commitments. Yeah. Further reading. If you enjoyed the one thing, then definitely check out Essentialism by Greg McCoon. And this was actually uh, the book that I was debating myself or with myself about if I should actually go through the one thing or Essentialism. I might actually now go through Essentialism, but I will see and look at the Paul Miners website and I'm actually not sponsored by them or something. I just always want to tell you that um, these are great websites and these have great value and therefore I just have to tell you. You know, I want you to, to know them to um, really get the knowledge in as well. Um, this is a must-read for people interested in productivity and getting more done. It's a real eye-opener which challenges you to focus about what's important and how you're spending your time. The book guides you through the process of saying no to the trivial or trivial um, many. Trivial many, sorry. So you can focus more on the essential few. It is worth checking out uh, Low Baboots, Baboots book. The Power of Less, a guide on how to declutter your life and work to create more time for the important things. Uh, Leo explains how identifying the essential aspects of your life and eliminating all of the non-essential can allow you to focus on goals and inspirations that can continue to change your life for the better. Uh, while Keller's approach is focused on business, Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, focuses on uh, focuses on similar concepts but within your personal life. Her book is a really interesting read all about being more organized and intentional with what you choose to own. She explains how this can impact uh, your way of thinking and perspective on life. This book is ideal for anyone who is looking to transform their life a little bit and get rid of the non-essential. Uh, and then last but not least, guidelines is my book that summarizes the main lessons from 33 of the best-selling self-help books in one place. Uh, it is the ultimate book summary, available as an 80-page ebook and 150-minute audiobook. Uh, guidelines lists 31 rules or guidelines that you should follow to improve your productivity, become a better leader to be better in business, improve your health, succeed in life, and become a happier person. And then there are actual action steps uh, which come from the book. So the one thing, I guess. Establish what your one thing is. Commit to using a calendar and try time blocking. Focus primarily on your one thing. This is now your priority and the rest can wait. And download the complete book on Amazon. Actually, a good, a good thing to... Um, yeah to get the actual book because it's always like yeah summaries 
are good and you can get something out of it, but it's actually definitely not the same thing as uh, reading books or reading the whole book. Um, but yeah, and actually with audiobooks, it's, it's pretty quick, you know. Um, I have been listening to The Man's Search for Meaning actually for quite two hours now, uh, always when I was outside, a little bit walking around, you know, just um, doing what I normally would do and just using the time for myself to actually then get the knowledge in and um, yeah, so that I just maximize the time I can use for uh, getting knowledge, uh, working on this and so on, which is um, important, definitely, but it is also a little thing that could cripple you down. Um, especially with, it, or actually it was the same thing for me the last few days because I always felt like I have to do it, I have to do it, I have to do something for the business, I have to learn something, I have to do something now, I do not want to, to work in something else, you know. And this was a little bit, not sad, but it uh, it was a little bit crippling for me because um, at the end it always then comes up to you actually not being as productive as you could be if you just um, use time blocks. Um, this is something I've never done and I've never just uh, tried out, but I think it's the Pomodoro, no, the Pomodoro principle is the 80-20 thing. Uh, I don't know. Um, but there is, or seems to be the, the, the perfect time management thing, seems to be uh, 25 minutes of work, then 5 minutes of uh, break, and so on and so on and so on, and that's for uh yeah for the amount of time you want to spend on your uh thing on your one thing <laughs> no on the thing you uh you're working on or what you're just doing right now um i think this could actually work quite well but yeah but let's actually see and i'm pretty pretty uh sorry that i can't go through the definite book of uh body language anymore or actually not right now. And something that's really bothering me about myself is that I actually do forget everything that I'm reading here. Consciously. I'm consciously forgetting it and therefore it is a little bit complicated for me to really, um, you know, recap it and then use it for my Instagram posts. Uh, which from now on I want to make a little bit better and a little bit more informational actually. But... Um, what did I want to do actually? Yeah, I wanted to look for book summaries. Book summaries. And I'm also just uh, thinking about should I actually go through article as well or actually videos as well, you know, from Tony Robbins and so on, which could actually be a good thing, especially for you and especially for the podcast listeners. But um, I think it's also a little bit complicated in terms of the copyrights because I will definitely get copyright striked uh, or a copyright issue from YouTube if I do actually um, use other videos in my video and yeah at the end I won't be able to monetize it but this is not something that I'm you know thinking about right now because I haven't I do not have the ability right now actually um, because YouTube did it like like this that you actually have to have 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 uh, minutes of, of video playtime for, for the last 12 months. And then you can actually get a partner or be a partner and, um, and actually... Is it like this? 
I think there was actually a link. No. Uh, book summaries. Uh, Paul. But we could actually go through uh, the SamuelThomasDavis.com website as well. And I've just hit my own teeth. Ah, something really, really uh, disturbing. This could actually also be uh, be good for us. You know what? I will just maybe, but maybe I will or should. I will go through it once the Paul Miner website, and if I find something that really interests me, the uh, the one hundred dollar startup is something I should probably get. You know, through some time, but I do feel like hmm, I don't know. Deep work. I've been through this. The dip by Seth Godin. Um, Eat That Frog by Ryan Tracy. Okay, this could also be one. Ego is the enemy. Something that... Uh, or or essentialism. Because, but the thing is, I just have to look at essentialism uh, because I do just want to have a book I can go through right now so that I not kind of have any weight on myself for the next episodes that I actually do have to do something. Um, Extreme Ownership, the actual book I am reading right now and I am theoretically reading but practically I'm not reading it, which is something I should totally not do. Let's see, uh, is there something like uh, a biography? Because I feel like biographies just seem to, to be pretty interesting, at least for me. Uh, I, do not how, I do not know how you feel about it. But uh, yeah, an astronaut's guide to... If you are interested in astronauts, and this is something that I've stumbled across just yesterday or the day before, uh, Chris Hatfield... He is a really fucking funny guy and he uh, had his TED Talks and he's a former um, astronaut and he also just made some experiments in, in space and so on. So if you're interested in in space and all these things, uh, then just uh, look for Chris Hatfield, I think he's called. You will definitely... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, find him if you just... Uh, Google him. <laughs> Sorry. So can't hurt me. Something I threw. He is also a. Um, so David Goggins. He was also or is also a former SEAL. Uh, like uh, Joko Vilnin Vilninski, or whatever he is called. So uh, Extreme Ownership. The guy from Extreme Ownership. Something I've read. Yeah, actually, Chris Hatfield, the astronaut's guide to live in Earth, what going to space taught me about ensuring the retention and whatever. Chris Hatfield, I feel like if I haven't been through this one, I will definitely go... I think I haven't. And it is also... I, I go through it. I go through it because I like this guy. I really deeply like this guy because he's so so interesting. First of all, he did so many. He's so knowledgeable as well and he is pretty intelligent as well. Um, yeah. So the book in three sentences. The first thing is, or the first one is, things are never as bad or good as they seem at the time. And I think I have been going through this 
because the actual uh because I have been going through it like the first thing is things are and then I've been like smiling in my fucking head and this is the same feeling I have right now. Um I've been going through it. I feel like I do want to go through it once once more, but nah, I can't. I can't. Psychology. Let's go psych to psychology. Also something good. Um, you are not so smart. This is something as I've all also read. Peak secrets from new science of expertise. But this is so fucking long. I feel like time is running. Mindset, I've been going through this. Happiness advantage as well. Grit as well. Bounce. Um, okay. Bros, all book summaries. The best book summaries. Uh, business book, health and fitness, biography, philosophy, psychology, self-help books. Hmm. It is pretty complicated now that I actually can find something that's available for you and for me and so on. Maybe actually But the Paul Miner is so so detailed, this is the problem. So I think like uh Rejection proof This is pretty short. This is definitely short. So, uh, rejection proof by Xian Xiong, or it's it's J I A and J I A N G. So the book in three sentences. And I'm pretty sorry that I've, I haven't thought about you know uh, having another second book in my inventory so that I do not waste any time. But we do have something right now, and you do have uh, a little bit of information on you know other books that you might be interested in. Uh, but yeah, so when you are not afraid of rejection and it feels like you have nothing to lose, amazing things can happen. Uh, I I don't know. No, I think I haven't gone through this one. So when you are not afraid of rejection and it feels like you have nothing to lose, amazing things can happen. Because it feels like I have once read this paragraph uh, before, but it's actually the truth. If you do not fear to get rejected, rejected, everything is great because you will just, you know, move forward, move forward, move, mo move forward. Um, if it is like, you know, just really hitting up uh, potential clients and if you're like, you know, cold calling them or cold emailing them, it is the same thing. If you aren't really afraid of getting rejected, you will just do it until you get a fucking client. You know, this is it. The second one is becoming a master of a craft requires not just great skills, but also the ability to weather rejections to get to an acceptance, not to mention an unfailing belief in yourself and your own work. Um, sorry, I do have to read it again. Becoming a master of a craft requires not just great skills, totally. Uh, also some kind of talent maybe, but I think you can just outwork everybody if you want to. Um, but especially passion and the love for what you're doing and that you actually like what you're just, uh, you know, willing to be a master of. 
but also the ability to weather rejections to get to an acceptance. So that you actually accept something, I guess. Uh, not to mention an unfailing belief in yourself and your own work, totally. If you do not believe in what you're doing right now, just fully, this is something that I have problems with. I kind of believe like, is it really the, the thing I should be doing? Should I do something besides that? You know, it's, it's fun for me, definitely. And it is something that um, I feel like is doing something good for me. Uh, not pretty much in terms of my relationships. That's pretty much fucking all my, re my relationships, unfortunately. But this is something you can totally manage if you want to. But, um, but yeah. Um, and the third one is, what you need is not acceptance from others, but acceptance from yourself. Being comfortable with, you, with who you are is a pre-rescued, not the result of seeking others' approval. Totally true, because often, yeah, you know what, just people talk and people do not know you. People, even if it's your mother or really close friends or even your spouse or girlfriend or whomever, they might practically or theoretically only, actually, I think even practically know around uh, maybe 50% of you because they all do not know what you're thinking and what you're thinking is quite a lot. I think at least or just, you know, only thinking is quite such a, a big number or big thing. So, yeah, the five big ideas of this book are uh, the first one is when I was confident, friendly and open, people seemed more inclined to go along with my request. Even if they said no, they at least stayed engaged longer to ask questions. Totally, um, because I think people feel it especially with the friendliness and kindness and openness and also the confidence. So actually all of these three, <laughs> um, it is important because uh, at my point of view, especially being kind and friendly is pretty important because uh, it makes your life better and it makes some other people's life better and you can just connect way better. Because if you're a fucking asshole, nobody wants to talk with you or talk to you. Um, so that's you know how I feel about it. The second thing is, if a person who fears rejection were suddenly unafraid of it, what might she be capable of? She might just be capable of, of doing it or just doing it unless, you know, she get to, to, to her goal. The third one is, when you are not afraid of rejection and it feels like you have nothing to lose, amazing things can happen. Okay, this is practically like the second one. The fourth one is, through an experiment, I observed a very important fact. People could re react to the same request very differently and then say nothing about me. Totally, because it's also always about them. You know, you may have a really great business idea or you think it's a great business idea and some people say, yeah, it is totally great and some people just say, no, it's not. It's, it's what life is. Everybody is an individual and all, all people just around the world have different opinions and different kind of thought patterns as well and uh, different values and goals and um, yeah the fifth one is one of the greatest lessons of my journey was that any rejection can have hidden upsides if only we are willing to look for them totally and this is the same thing with failing and therefore i pretty much should fall in love with failing uh, i haven't yet totally because i do not put myself often in a position that i can actually fail and yesterday I kind of failed with my audio, totally, because it was shit and um, it was not good, totally not. But um, 
but yeah, I should definitely feel more in love with it and definitely should expose myself more to it as well. But, um, you know, all these failures I've made until now or I'm doing right now um, are those I feel like, yeah, okay, it's, it's a failure. I learn from it and I just see for what I could learn from them. But yeah, uh, <laughs> to just maybe I should actually, yeah, this would have been a little bit better. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, so the rejection proof summary. So actually to go to the actual summary, uh, when I was confident and friendly, this is something I've, I've read. Uh, if a person who feels rejection were suddenly, I've read that. Paul Graham, the entrepreneur and founder of the famous startup Accelerator Y Combinator, once wrote, the way to get startup ideas is not to try to think of startup, startup ideas. It's to look for problems, preferably problems you have yourself. The funny thing about this fucking quote is that Tony Robbins, no, actually, Gary Vee himself, uh, because I was watching uh, an interview just lately, he said the exact same thing. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna just talk shit, it's this, the exact same thing. Um, yeah, and I, I do just know that he hasn't read this book or hasn't, maybe he knows Paul Graham, I don't know, maybe. But it's actually the thing. Um, and he also said that, yeah, if you just look for things that just really piss you off in the world, that you feel like, yeah, okay, I do not like that. Um, I do not get any informations for how I could get better in this or that or um, how I could be more confident. You're not getting any information for it. Then you just do it yourself. You just kind of do it yourself. And then you have a startup. And it's the same thing with everything um, technology-wise and so on. Uh, researchers have even proved that humor and love are spe specifically can actually mitigate pain. Uh, and I do think and I actually believe in it and do have kind of experienced it. If I just smile right now, I do just feel better. Just because I'm smiling, even though it's not like, uh, you know... I'm so happy or I have heard such a fucking funny joke. No, I'm just smiling and this alone makes me a little bit more happier. Even or for a shorter period of time, not like, you know, the whole day long. But, you know, uh, when you're not afraid of rejection, uh, I've read this, I've read this. Uh, rejection seemed less like <coughs> the truth and more like an opinion. Definitely. That opinion could be based on their mood, their needs and circumstances at their moment or their knowledge, experience, education, culture and upbringing over a lifetime. Totally. You know, it's just all, all the, the factors that uh, run into how a person is acting and how a person is is just, you know, doing life or thinking about life and viewing viewing the world and so on. Yeah. Um, bu -bu -bu -bu. Uh, through my rejection experiments, I began to realize that I could often get a yes simply by talking to enough people. Yeah, because every single person has another opinion. Therefore, if you have a business or business idea, some people will say, yeah, it's total shit. Some people will say, it's great, I give you 100 million dollars. It's just what it is. You know, it feels like pretty obvious, but I do feel like, yeah, um, it is so obvious that people might actually be like, I, I don't know, I, you know, you forget about it. Um, it's 
as if becoming a master of a craft requires not just great skills, but also the ability to weather rejections to get to an acceptance. I've read this, but if acceptance is the only thing a person strives for, all she or he needs to do is to talk to enough people, odds are that someone will eventually say yes. Um, but yeah, definitely. Asking why ten tended to clear up any misunderstanding on my part about the other person's motivations. Asking, sorry, asking why tended, why I tended to clear up any misunderstanding, I don't know what he means. Uh, asking why can open up a whole new channel of understanding and possibility between a requester and a requestee. Totally. Um, yeah, it's something very, very important. Actually, I don't know whom it is, but uh, a person wrote an actual book about the question why or the word why. Um, which is always start with the why or everything begins with the why or, or something like this, I think. Uh, one of the greatest lessons of my journey was that any rejection can have hidden upsides if only we are willing to look for them. Totally. And yeah, I've read that. Instead of sulking, just hanging on or simply giving up after the first 15 minutes, I treated the experience as a feedback tool and and quickly changed my tactics without abdoning the cause altogether. Um, totally, because if you do have something and you get rejected, rejected, which is something kind of failure as well, um, you just you know get to know that your your approach might not be the best one, and so you change it up and try with another one, and just try and see what works the best. Um, perhaps the question we should ask about an idea is not how to avoid rejection, but is my idea worth of rejection? Totally. In the end, what we really need is to accept is to is not acceptance from others, but acceptance from ourselves. Uh, in fact, being comfortable with who we are should be a pre-request, not the result or seeking others' approval. Totally, and I have read that one, but it is important for me, so <laughs> I feel good about going ahead with it once more. Uh, 24 lessons learned. So these are actual very, very short points, which I can go through right now pretty, pretty quickly. And I will be in time perfectly, I think. Everything is good. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> I'm sorry. Uh, rejection is human. And I feel... <coughs> so, now it is working. <laughs> My voice. Uh, rejection is human. Rejection is a human interaction. I'm sorry, but I have to cover myself up. Because I'm always looking at myself. But I should look into my camera. Uh, rejection is human. Rejection is a human interaction with two sides. It often says more about the rejector than the rejectee and should never be used as a universal truth and sole judgment of merit. And which just means for me, it just you should just not take it personally. The second thing is, rejection is an opinion. Rejection is an opinion of the rejector. It is heavily influenced by historical context, cultural differences and psychological, psychological factors. There is no universal rejection or acceptance. Rejection has a number. Every rejection has a number. If the rejectee goes through through enough rejections, a no could turn into a yes. Totally. The fourth one is ask why before goodbye. 
sustain the conversation after the initial rejection. The magic word is why, which can often reveal the underlying reason for the rejection and present the rejectee with the opportunity to overcome the issue. Totally, it's pretty important if you, you know, no matter what you get rejected for, um, to ask why, to actually know why this person just made this this choice that he says, no, I do not want your business or no, I do not give you your my, my number or, you know, everything like this. Uh, ask why before goodbye. I've read that. Is this? No. Everything good. Uh, retreat. Retreat, don't run. Uh, by not giving up after the initial rejection and instead retreating to a lesser uh, request, one has a much higher chance of landing a yes. Collaborate, don't content. Never argue with the rejector. Instead, try to collaborate with the person to make the request happen. Totally, because it then just, you know, if you do just uh, kind of argue with him, it's just opinion against opinion. And, you know, everybody has its own opinion. His might be based on you know wrong information or wrong beliefs or whatever, and yours not. But you know, just really, kinda really hardly, and and um, you know, pushing him to change his mind won't work. Um, switch up, don't give up before deciding to quit or not to quit. Step back and make the request to a different person in a different environment under different circumstances. Give a why by explaining the reason behind the request, one has a higher chance to be accepted. Uh, by explaining the reason behind the request, one has a higher chance to be accepted. Um, yeah. Start with I. Starting the request with the word I can give the request a more authentic control over the request. Never pretend to think in the other person's interest without generally knowing them. Totally. And this is a pretty great contribution to my life because, as you might know, I pretty much like the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And he says that you should always think and talk into um, <clears throat> the other person's interest. But it, it it's just the truth that you shouldn't be doing it if you do not know the person because this would just lead yourself to, you know, not being right. If you just be like, yeah, you know, this is my business idea and, you know, I you know, there are some uh, pretty pretty uh, substantial things like, you know, you have a businessman in front of you and yeah, he will definitely make a business or have a business that's that's profiting him. And if you are like, yeah, this is profiting you, it will work or it will be a good sign or a good thing. But, um, you know, there are some universal things that are just, uh, yeah, in somebody's interest in terms of their personality or in terms of who they are just. Um <clears throat> Um, but not everything. The tenth one is acknowledge doubts by admitting obvious and possible objections in your request before the other person. Uh, one can increase the trust uh, by admitting obvious and possible objections in your request before the other person. By admitting obvious and possible objections in your request before the other person, one uh, can increase one can increase the trust level between the two parties. Uh, target the audience by choosing a more receptive audience one can enhance the chance of being accepted totally you know if you're just talking about business with i don't know a single mother she won't be interested <laughs> uh, 
patience and respect. Rejection is usually, usually a hard message. Delivering the message with the right attitude can go a long way to soften the blow. Never belittle the rejectee. Be direct. Uh, when giving a rejection, present the reason after the rejection. Avoid long and convoluted setup and reasoning. When giving a rejection, present the reason after rejection. Yeah. Uh, the 14th one is offer alternatives by offering alternatives to get a yes or even simply con concessions. One can make the other person a fan even in rejection. Motivation. Rejection can be used as one of the strongest motivations to fuel someone's fire to achievement. Self-improvement. By taking the motion out of rejection, one can use it as, as an effective way to improve an idea or product. Worthiness. Sometimes it is good to be rejected, especially if public opinions is heavily influenced by group and conventional thinking and if the idea is radically creative. Um, yeah. Character building. By seeking rejection in tough environments, one can build up the mental toughness to take on greater goals. Definitely. If it's just, you know, it's, it's the thing with being just used to getting rejected and, you know, going out of your comfort zone in general. And yeah, it just builds your, your uh, you know, capacity for doing it once more in or in other areas. Find empathy. All rejections are shared by many people in the world. One can use rejection and suffering to obtain empathy and understanding of other persons or people. Find value. Repeated rejections can serve as the measuring stick for one's resolve and belief. Some of the greatest triumphant stories came only after gut-wrenching rejections. Find missions or mission. Some, sometimes the most brutal rejection in life signal, signal a new beginning and mission for the rejectee. Totally. And this is just my fucking story. <laughs> uh, freedom to ask. We often deprive ourselves of the freedom to ask for what we want in fear of rejection and judgment. But amazing things often happen only after we take the first step. Freedom to accept yourself. Our inner need for approval asking forces us so our inner need for approval approval seeking forces us to constantly look for acceptance from other people. Yet the people from whom we need acceptance acceptance the most is ourselves. And the 24th and last one, detachment from results. By focusing on controllable focus or factors such as your efforts and actions and by detaching yourself from uncontrollable outcomes such as acceptance or rejection, we can achieve greater success in the long run. And this is just the same thing as saying you should actually be focusing on the things you can actually change and not the things you can't change. Because it's just the truth, you know, you can't change the weather and therefore you just, um, you know, be positive about it or you be negative about it. I would suggest you to be positive about it um, or just, you know, just be, be complaining about, I don't know, other things you can't control. It's just unnecessary and you, you shouldn't be doing it. It's, it's not worth your time, quite. But, um, to know to let me see myself again... <laughs> And this is the end of the episode. I hope you got a lot of, out of it. I think there were just pretty good informations in it and just things that I pretty much stand for. Um, Self-development-wise or character-wise, some sort of. Uh, I hope you're happy. 
and I wish you the best and ultimate happiness, success, wealth. I hope you're giving back something and you have a great legacy as well as, as wealth. This is the thing I forgot. So health, wealth, success, no, success, health, wealth, happiness, giving back and legacy. This is all the things I stand for and I want to achieve in my life. And I want you to have as well, especially happiness, because I know with happiness, everything else comes as a byproduct. And with that being said, as always, I wish you a wonderful day and I love you.